Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. Obviously, if all seniors had the option, they would be living at home, but sometimes that isn't always possible. Well, guess what? That is where Texan Senior Residential Care Homes comes into the picture. Texan specializes in making its facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. I'm talking full living room, kitchen, dining room, cable TV, music, games, fireplace, you name it. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes has it. They've even got home-cooked meals by experts. It's an extra throw-in. Not only that, there are no move-in fees, no visitation restrictions, so your loved ones are free to stop by and visit anytime they please. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes are located at I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more info, you can call 469-400-7650. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas and Taylor Raglan. And gentlemen, let's sound the alarm for an emergency podcast. <laughs> you know, um, obviously throughout the week we devote these primarily to football, given the, the sway that high school football carries in our coverage area. But you know what, man? Volleyball is, uh, well, I mean, we're in the second half of district. There's plenty of fascinating stuff happening on the, on the volleyball courts for all of our markets just about. So you know what? We're going to make an executive decision, and we're calling for an emergency podcast so we can show volleyball some love because it is, um, yeah, there's just too much. There's too much to talk about that we just haven't had a chance to get to yet on the podcast. So we're going to talk about um, just about every market that we've got going on and just kind of give you all an update as far as some of the more prominent storylines going on um, in high school volleyball because this is a sp- that just year in, year out produces some of the best teams in the state. This year is looking like it's going to be no different. So let's, yeah, let's have some fun talking some volleyball and all the all the fun times going on in our uh, on the local volleyball courts. So um, with the three of us, you know, Taylor, we can um, we can shift gears to start with uh, with District Nine Six A and um, just what is always, as you'd expect, nothing less, just a, a wild topsy turvy district with um, I believe as many as five teams were at one point ranked in the top fifteen of a state poll this season. Yeah, especially the, in the preseason. Yeah, one of the best. Volleyball districts that you'll find in the state, and it is certainly panning out, panning out as such. We'll um, we'll just kind of focus primarily on Plano ISD and Allen. We'll leave you know Prosper McKinney ISD to Brian Murphy, Kendrick Johnson a bit later in the podcast. But yeah, man, I mean a, a fascinating year for Plano ISD, especially out on the west side. So let's start with Old Plano West, a team that began the year in the highest of highs with a just a dominant non-district season, and now they're trying to work working through a little bit of adversity. Yeah, and they're still it's, mm. it's crazy to sit here and say that they're underachieving when they're they're like 30 and 9. Yeah. So it's not like they're they're bad they're by still any stretch. Awesome. <laughs> but, and I think they only have, what, two district losses, I think? They've lost Prosper. They've lost to McKinney. And they lost three, to Plano. They lost yeah. to Plano, yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird scenario where I feel like it's it's maybe just a year too soon. I think that, you know, the preseason and the hype were deserved um, for what they did and, and for the teams that they were beating and the runs that they were going on and, and winning all those tournaments that they won. 
Um, but it's just been it's been them getting in their own way, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time I've seen Plano West play, and every time I've talked to you know head coach Justin Waters, who I think is still officially interim, but has done a good job this season, I think, with you know with with what he's got. But every time I've talked to him after a match, it's been you know we're making errors, we're getting in our own way. That was sloppy. This isn't the team that I see every day in practice. So I think it may just be immaturity. Um, they're still so young. I mean, their two best hitters are juniors, and and Jill Presley and Amon Jaye. But at the same time, there's just so much youth on that team um, everywhere, and and I don't know if the hype, you know, got to them and, and kind of made them settle in a way that they shouldn't have, or if you know they just quite weren't quite ready to get over that hump, or, or or who knows what the situation is. And and this is all with the caveat of they still could be very good, and they should still be very dangerous when they make playoffs because they will make the playoffs. I, I firmly believe that they're going to be a playoff team, um, and they could be one of those really sneaky. I mean, they may end up the fourth seed now, but that team's so talented, especially coming out of out of the fourth seed, that they could make some noise and go a couple rounds deep, and, and who knows? But definitely not living up to. The uh, the world beater that that we thought they would be, you know, when the preseason was wrapping up. Because yeah, I mean, this is a team that won their first two tournaments yeah. of the season. Which if yeah. you win multiple tournaments in a non-district schedule, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Especially when you play in the kind of tournaments that yep. Plano ISD normally does. Um, and with West, I, I feel like in you know you've been around the sport for a while, Justin. It feels like mm-hmm. every year we do kind of see teams that just immediately jump off the page early yeah. on in the season and just pick up some really marquee wins. But then once district starts, it does feel like things kind of level out a bit. And I'm not sure if it's maybe. Certain teams are more like their skill sets are more conducive to playing tournaments because yeah. when you play, you know, four or five matches in a day, maybe they they just happen to fit that style. Of and you play, play three set matches yeah. too in a lot of cases where you know you're now you're playing five set matches yeah. and things can get a little bit more out of hand and, and runs start to mean maybe yeah. a little bit more and there's more time for other teams to. At the same time, you're not. I guess I think the the strategy, the strategic aspect of volleyball is a yeah. bit more pro, a bit more prominent in district now that you yeah. have a, a a bit of a, a bit more game film on these yeah, teams. That's and whatnot. the thing that I think is. The getting to see these teams on tape and then seeing teams that you're familiar with that you've mm-hmm. played a lot maybe even you've seen them in these preseason tournaments I know yeah. a lot of my teams in the district played each other before they even got the district so but I think the getting film on tape and the, the scouting and Preparation in the district kind of leads to that. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, with West, I mean, they looked, I mean, they were, our, I think, a near consensus pick, you know, when we were doing our district predictions to win, yep. you know, nine. They nine, were everybody's. I mean, you looked at any ranking system mm-hmm. in the state, they were, you know, number one or number two or, or at least in the top five. I mean, they were everybody's pick to win 9-6-A, even though it's a very deep district, which it's obviously yeah. been maybe proven they, to be. Maybe but part of it there, didn't they have a coaching change right before the yeah, season yeah. two? So yeah. maybe a little bit of yeah, excitement getting used to the new coach and then kind of settling into the routine. I guess so. Tapered off a little bit. Yeah, but it's also strange because a lot of times, I mean, you look at a team like, I mean, Plano East also had a coaching change um, and and is working under an interim coach, but that came more in the middle of everything, and and sometimes that's really can adversely affect a team. But, you know, it it was strange. I mean, I guess what you said, you know, could be true. Maybe they were just excited to, you know, play under a new coach and a new style and maybe a little bit of a different mindset. But at the same time, the results were still there. I mean, Justin Waters took over before they played a match, I think. Um, and, you know, they beat Hebron under him, I think, in the very first match that he coached. They won those two tournaments under him. So it's not that he hasn't produced any results. It's just all of a sudden they just kind of fell off the face of the earth as far as, you know, showing up against, you know, the the, the true contenders in 9 6 I think. Because they've still taken care of business against, you know, Allen and, and you know, the, the, bottom, the bottom of the district, which are still no joke. I mean, those no, teams are still very good volleyball no. teams, but... They haven't been able to show up for the McKinney's and Prospers and, and even Plano's outside of 
uh, district opening win against. Look like they did take a set off plus for Richard Hindsight is like that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Now. Well, so that, like they've lost that two sets was, all season. That's the one match I've seen prosper, and that was really strange because it was all West. I mean, that first set was all West, and then um, it just kind of spiraled. You know, out of control from there. It was it was really strange. I mean, a lot of it is maybe Prosper's gym is a very harsh place to go play. Um, there's a lot of you know noise and and crowd factor and got just the bowl a, thing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely it's one impressive, of the true, impressive facility. There's not a lot of a lot of home court advantage. Yeah. I don't think in high school volleyball, but Prosper certainly has that. So I mean, maybe that's a factor. But yeah, it was it was strange. It was a, an implosion, and and that's what I would say. In a lot of these West matches, that's what it's been. It's been. You know, maybe they get off to a good start, and then all of a sudden they just they just get in their own way. But that being said, though, they still do control their own destiny relative to a playoff berth. They are four and three, but you know they were third place last week, and now they have dipped down to that four seat, at least as of now. Um, after they dropped a three to one match at home, oddly enough, to at to Plano, which is you know another team that is always in that uh, in that yep. playoff mix. Plano has been, I mean, for the longest time, they have been that district's model of consistency. You know, taking away Prosper, who's in its first year in six A of you know year between PISD Allen and McKinney ISD, Plano has the longest active playoff streak among mm-hmm. those teams. It's, they've made it every year under head coach Terry Menace, um, and right now they're in position to extend that streak. They're 5-3. and three, They're in third place right now, and it's a team that has you know started to kind of pick things up you know quite a bit. They were able to pick up some key wins over Plano West, obviously, and then McKinney Boyd, just the same. And with Plano, their, um, I mean, their identity is is the setter-hitter connection between Faith Panhands and Julia Adams, as strong a hitter-setter connection as you will find in the Metroplex. Uh, Julia Adams, a three-year varsity starter, she was the co-MVP of District 6. 6A last season, and just straight up one of the top hitters in the area. I mean, and Plano knows that, and everybody else that, that plays Plano knows that, and yet there is still no slowing her down, especially late in sets. I mean, I've seen you know Plano too much over the years, and I mean, they will just, if it is a tight set, they will they will set Julia Adams, and mm-hmm. if if that doesn't, uh, if, they, if she doesn't put down a kill there, and they get the ball back, they will go right back to her. I mean, they will not, they will they will bleed that stone dry every bit that they can, and they will definitely go out on their uh, on their Julia Adams-sized shield if the uh, if the opportunity calls for it, um, I mean that's she's what sets her apart is just the, the her size. I mean mm-hmm. she's you know I want to say six two or so, and just yep. her the, the the size and the length and the fact that she has the ability to hit over blocks, which is mm-hmm. just that's not an easy thing to do. I mean uh, you know players like Iman and yep. you know, who you mentioned with Plano West, she's capable of that. It's a lot of fun watching those two teams play it each is, other. It is such an advantage that like, you have a player that has that can you know put balls down at that kind of an angle yeah. that just makes it so tough on a defense. Um, they're also really young on. On the on the back row with uh, you know Nelani Nelani Feliciano, uh, Trinity Huynh, both freshmen. So I mean that obviously sets up very well. You know, big picture for Plano. Um, they've got Sophie Robinson manning the middle at blocker. She had six blocks the other day in just three sets against Allen. I mean it's a it is a very well rounded team with you know like I said one of the top hitters in the area, and that's been a formula that has been um it has obviously served them very well. Um, as far as kind of looking big picture for them, like I said, it's this felt like you know looking over the standings right now. This is kind of turning into a five-team race mm-hmm. for four playoff spots, albeit those six and seven seeds are still plenty dangerous. Yeah. Um, so it's a question of simply, um, you know, you have to take care of business against those bottom two seeds, Plano East and Allen, and then it just boils down to who has the best head-to-head record among those top five. And I think that win over Plano West, that is a huge, that is big because huge, that's one and one now. Yeah. For, yeah. 
for Alpha Plano just looking forward. Um, you know, with you know, just mentioned Allen, and it's just been it's been a rough year for Allen. You know, this is a program that much like Plano, they're always in that playoff mix. And for uh, you know, last year Allen was just snake bitten by just the injury bug, and you'd think that after just the uh, just the sheer just odds would uh, you know what are the odds they could go through the same exact thing two years in a row? Well, apparently, uh, pretty good. yeah, pretty good because that's that's been the story this season. Um, I mean, even before the season started, they were already up against it when you know you could argue their top returning hitter Morgan Kristen, who has you know been a you know, four year varsity starter, uh, she broke her thumb playing club volleyball, and you know was expected to be sidelined until you know later this month. She might not get cleared now until November. I've heard, um, but yeah, I mean, she is one of uh, one of four seniors on a team that only had seven coming into this season that is out mm-hmm. for the season <laughs> due to injury. Uh, Emily Yannick, another uh, massive player who was kind of their jack of all trades, do it all, do it all type. She tore her ACL in their district opener against Plano, and just that's just team. This team just cannot catch a break. So as a result, they're now forced to throw out a ton of underclassmen. I mean, yeah. there, there are times when you see Allen play, and it'll be just all but one player on the court is going to be like a freshman or a yeah. sophomore, and still competing. Which oh, is, yeah. I mean. There's, good I mean, for them there's for, plenty for the of talent there. They're just really young. So you'll yeah. see moments, that these flashes of brilliance where they are able to do things like push McKinney to five yeah. sets last week. I saw him against Plano uh, you know, last Tuesday, and I mean, with the exception of that third set, I mean, they gave Plano all they could handle. I mean, mm-hmm. It's still a tough team that has a lot of talent. It's just, you know, you'll, you, know, you have to juxtapose that with moments where you look like a young team, where yeah. you just commit the, uh, the kind of errors well, that are symptomatic of a team. And a district, too, that... that you know, we talk a lot about Plano West getting in their own way and errors and stuff. That team is just talented enough to overcome yeah. a lot of that stuff uh, a lot of nights. So it's you know, Allen may make the playoffs in a different six A district. Yeah. I think they probably would. It's just a it's a combination it's, of it's bad a long luck district pretty, to have pretty a lot much of everywhere. Problems. See, I mean, they're currently zero and eight in district, but nevertheless, I mean, they are still uh, as evidenced by that McKinney match last Friday. They could very much play spoiler down the stretch yep. if they just catch a team on the uh, on the right night. Um, Justin, let's just quickly transition then to, to your neck of the woods for a bit. Just, I mean, District 66A, I mean, what a man, – I think if we had done this podcast last week, we might have a yeah. different narrative. But now all of a sudden in the wake of one specific result last yeah, Friday, definitely. things are getting mighty interesting in yeah. your neck of the woods. Well, for starters, you guys have a lot of playoff jockeying going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have jockeying for positioning in 66A, but it looks pretty clear that the, the four teams that are going to make the playoffs right now coming into, I guess, today, Monday, mm-hmm. you have Coppell and Flower Mound. They're both 8-1. and one. Tied for first, and then you have Marcus and Hebron both at six and three, tied for third. So Louisville is only a game out. They're five and four, and alone in fifth. But they weren't able to take a set off any of those top four teams in the yeah, first half. So tough. it would be very surprising to see Louisville beat one of those four teams to get in the playoff mix. So for the purpose of this discussion, we're going to kind of focus on the four teams at the top. And like you said, it looked like it was going to be a two-team race between Capel and Flower Mound for the top spot. Everybody is wondering what's going on with reigning state champ Hebron. You know, they've won three reigning state three titles. Times state three times <laughs> state champ Hebron. Yeah. And, you know, six matches in, they were three and three in district, and everybody's saying what's going on. But they took care of a business against a couple of the urban schools mm-hmm. to get, you know, back over 500 mm-hmm. and back into that fourth spot. And then they just shocked everybody by turning <laughs> around and just whooping up Coppell yeah. and sweeping them on Friday. Here um, they come. Coppell was unbeaten. Hebron was, as I said, was five and three, and go figure, sweep. So they've split the series now, and they each have a sweep of each other. So a huge win for Hebron. Um, you know, they lost Adonna Rollins. She was the player, the Gatorade Player of the Year last year. Mm-hmm. Then they had who we thought was going to be their best player, Nicole Drudnik. She decides to not play high school volleyball, and she's in Brazil training, doing Olympic training mm. and stuff. She's a Nebraska commit. 
uh, she was going to be a junior, and you know a lot of people thought was going to be probably the, maybe the best player on the team. She's gone all of a sudden. Then you have Emma Clothier. She's been battle, battling injury. She's mm-hmm. never lost a playoff game, by the way. Three <laughs> senior that's won three. <laughs> How many straight. kids can say that yeah. this deep into their high school career? She's a senior. She's <laughs> still never lost a playoff game, but she's been battling injury. They haven't mm-hmm. had her for a lot of the season, so maybe they're starting to get a little healthier and mm-hmm. really, I think, just adjusting to not having those players. They have a very young roster as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Brooke, uh, um, excuse me, a Harmony Sample is playing a lot as a freshman. So I know Taylor got to see them a little while ago. Yeah, and I saw them in, in preseason, and, and she was she was not very happy. Yeah, Coach and, Karen Keeney there. Yeah, and I saw it was actually a game where, where Emma went down. Um, yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think an ankle. She, or she had just came back and yeah. then went down again. Yeah, yeah, she came back from a knee, I believe, and then went down with an ankle or something like that. But... Yeah, she Kenny wasn't very happy just with the the overall you know production and, and kind of a she, lack she of buy in. Like, uh, she felt like her ke- team wasn't being very coachable. They yeah. weren't really taking her pointers to heart and trying to implement them. So maybe that's something that's kind of changed over these past couple of weeks too. I mean, what could I mean? Just if this is if this isn't just a blip on the radar, and if Hebron is in fact back, quote unquote, because yeah. it's just one match, so we'll mm-hmm. see what they, you know, we'll see what happens when they see Flower Mound again yeah. or and whatnot. But I mean, if they are in fact, I mean, just how much does this <laughs> does this just shake up just the foundation of Region One, not just I mean, not just six six eight, but just Region One? <laughs> it's just going to be crazy yeah. when you look at. Um, just looking at the volleyball state rankings recently, uh, they're a little outdated. That uh, TAVC ones because mm-hmm. they were last posted on the 25th. But you know, Capel was the only team in 66A that was ranked. Flower Mound never gets ranked. I don't know what Flower. <laughs> Which is Mound, odd because they don't know what they have, I don't know what they have to do to be considered a top 25 team. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous, in my opinion, <laughs> that they haven't been really ranked all year. When you look mm-hmm. at what they did in non-district and what they've done in district. Oh, yeah. um, didn't they sweep Plano West during non-district? I believe they West did, was yeah. that, West was firing off as like yeah, the number two team in the state. I saw them uh, have absolutely no problem taking down Prosper in 4-2. Um, so Let's get it together, TABC. Yeah, I don't know why they're not getting the acclaim they should, but yeah. you know they sit there tied for first. They took they gave Coppell everything they could mm-hmm. handle in a four-set loss. So um, between those three teams, and I was really impressed with Marcus when yeah, I saw them too. Some pretty impressive results for them. So I want to say these are all teams that are good and can make deep playoff runs. But then you look and you see who they're going to have to play in the first yeah. round of the playoffs and what's going on in five six eight, where you currently have four teams that are ranked in the top twenty five. When you look at a team like Geyer that was the only team to take a set off Hebron in the state playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So crazy enough, if playoffs started right now. If everything looks and you know it's tough with the tiebreakers because some teams have only played twice and they can. But right now you would have first round matchups. You would have Byron Nelson playing Hebron in the first round, <laughs> and then wow. you would have Capel playing Carroll in the first round. Capel and Carroll, four teams that that's those are two, two regional finals. Yeah, yeah. Four teams that two months ago <laughs> those probably, are not one four. They all probably oh. thought they have a legitimate chance to make the state tournament. Two of them probably, mm-hmm. if it. Pans out this way are definitely not going to be playing in the second round. So yeah, you know, Plano, Plano ISD and Allen and McKinney ISD are so glad that they're, <laughs> that they're yeah. away from that uh, from that hodgepodge. Yeah, you have a you have a Keller team over there that's playing really well in five six A, and then yeah. Geyer to go with Byron Nelson and Carroll, and then obviously those four six six A teams mm-hmm. we just mentioned. So that's going to be a crazy first round of playoffs. Let's quickly shift gears to Class Five A for a t- some talk about uh, you know District. Uh, what is it, District Eight? Because we're having to do this between we just finished recording a football podcast. I <laughs> think to get these Five A football and volleyball districts straight. Uh, so District Eight Five A and yes. District Ten Five A. Okay, with Ten Five A. Um, 
it's the Lovejoy show. I mean, it's yeah, and we kind of it's unbelievable. you can look on paper and you, I mean, you kind I mean, of expected not, this but. to be. Well, I mean, Lovejoy was kind of expected to run the table there and very much in position to do so. But just the uh, just another year, another just staggeringly dominant run through district play for Lovejoy, who I believe is ranked what are they number two in this in, uh, in class Something five like that. It, number two or number one, depending on who you ask. Yeah, you I mean, can. I mean, it's Lovejoy every year. They are in that state title conversation in class five A, and this year appears to be no different. Uh, just Taylor, put in the context just how dominant this district run has been for the Lady Leopards. Well, it's a small district, which is a little strange. They've already been through um, the first half of district play, but only played five matches, because I think it's only a six-team district, but still, in those five matches, nine sets, they've held their opponents to under ten points. So nine times. um, And they haven't allowed a single team to get in the 20s against them at all. Haven't lost a set at all. I think they're on, currently on like an eight-game sweep streak. Like they've swept teams, you know, for eight eight straight wins. Um, and the most points I think they've given up in districts so far is like 16, the Wiley East, in, in a single set. So it's not just dominance. It's just like it's it's beyond that. They they are going to you know repeat that performance obviously in the second half of district and and. Um, we'll see even you know when they get tested in the playoffs. I mean, it's literally one of those cases. It's almost you know you. It's almost kind of akin to like Allen football. Like there's just there's nobody that's going to even test them in district. There's nobody that's even going to give them a run. And then you know it, it just depends on who they run into in the playoffs, who could possibly stop them before they you know make the state tournament or whatever. Especially in um, you know region two, that's a I think a weaker volleyball region than region one in, in five A. So I mean it's it's. Like you know, as usual, kind of the sky's the limit for for Lovejoy, and I think the the one thing that that may give them a little bit of a test is, I guess it would be the you could say the first round, but really the third round because they play that Frisco that all Frisco crazy district in the mm-hmm. playoffs in the first round, um, and there's two or three really good volleyball programs over there in Frisco Liberty, Frisco Wakeland, and Frisco Reedy, which again, depending on you know what ranking you consult, they're all somewhere you know top ten, fifteen or so usually. Um, so those schools, whoever maybe makes it out of the first round, second round, uh, to potentially play Lovejoy in the third round could be the first real test um, that Lovejoy will see. But even then, I don't. I mean, I don't know who's gonna who's gonna stop the Lady Leopards before they before they get to the state tournament. Because it feels like that's like in years past with Lovejoy. I mean, Lovejoy has been you know at the at the apex of the yeah. of the Class Five A volleyball state title discussion for years. But there's always been at least like one other team in the district that can at least you know make them sweat a bit. Right. Highland Park has served that role in years past. I believe they were in the same district as Prosper. You know, once upon a time. But yeah, I mean, this district. It's so you just wonder if you know how. I don't know how they're able to keep themselves just. It's the Allen football question. Yeah, how, how they keep themselves motivated. How, yeah. how Coach Nick, how head coach Jason Nicholson is able to just continue to challenge the girls when they're going out there and just night after night just holding opponents, you know, under ten points in a set. Um, just because, I mean, there is something to be said when the playoffs start. You know, that uptick in competition, whenever yeah. that comes, whether it's the third round or whatnot, and just how they how they handle that after just having mauled everyone prior. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a just another just another season on the volleyball court for Lovejoy. Um, let's uh, let's look. At uh, some Lake Dallas and some Colony out in uh, out of District A five A, a district that has been very very in little um, with the exception District's of one crazy. team, yeah. it's been a very very unpredictable district. I would say you yep. guys have been covering this district a bit more uh, closer than uh, than I have. So just what are some impressions so far on just what to make of eight five A? I mean, anybody can beat anybody. Yeah, is literally what it feels like outside of it, Can't recall a district with this much volleyball parity in, yeah. in a while. You know, yeah, Denton's running away with it. But then you look at the last place team, Denton Ryan. They're one and six. 
they've only been swept twice, so they've yeah. taken <laughs> sets off everybody basically, except for the top two teams. So. Yep. And it's finally crystallizing a little bit more as far as who's going to make the postseason or who is more likely to make the postseason. There's now some three and four win teams that are in much better shape than yeah, big there's week, big week last week. Yeah, there's some you know some two and sixes and or two and fives I guess yeah. and and that kind of thing that have kind of fallen out, including mm-hmm. Lake Dallas who. It's Lake Dallas having a weird season, man. Because I think they're they're talented. They're they're extremely young. Yeah. They have two seniors on the roster, and only one of them starts. So it's 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 a, a real case of, um, I guess the most cliche thing that you could say about a young team is that they're just not quite there. They're not quite ready to finish games. They're not quite ready to close sets. Because I'll, I'll I talk to you know um, head coach Jason Raymer over there pretty much weekly, and. His his message is pretty much all the same, and he'll even admit to it. He's like, it's the same song, just a different day. You know, we we had a twenty to twelve lead, or we had a twenty to sixteen lead, and then we let him creep back in, and then it's twenty three twenty two, and then we drop a couple points in a row and we lose the set, and and it's been like that pretty much all year. So they're definitely a program that some hard luck um, this year, some coaching carousel issues before bringing in Raymer for sure. Um, but I think a program that's going to get a lot of stability with him now. I think he's here for the long haul. And I think that um, next year and, and potentially the year after, they're going to be very, very good because yeah. you know they're getting a ton of experience out of freshmen, sophomores right now that are going to be really, really good. You know, yeah. just kind of like we were alluding to earlier with Allen, just yeah. symptoms of a young team, and yeah. just, you just hope that just based off maturation and just natural development, that it might look rough now. You'll take those lumps when they're all freshmen and sophomores, but when they're sophomores, juniors, seniors, then it'll all be worth it. Yep. But the colony, JT. Well, the Colony looked to be in a little trouble. They started at 2-4. and four. Um, They opened district with a real tough loss against Little Elm. They had a 2-0 lead and dropped it 3-2, to two, lost three in a row. That's the first time, surprisingly, they've ever lost to Little Elm. So uh, struggling with consistency. This is another pretty young team, the Colony, um, led by their incredible athlete, Jada Coleman. <laughs> it just does everything. But um, starting 2-4, and four, but had a huge week last week. They uh, pulled out two five-setters. They beat uh, Little Elm to avenge their first five-set loss. They come back and beat them in five. And then on Friday, they get past Lake Dallas in five. And that's huge because if you look at the standings now, the colony's up to four and four. Yep. These are little uh, wanky standings because of the bye weeks and stuff. So not everything's going to match up perfectly. But they get to four and four, and Little Elm and Lake Dallas both dropped to two and six with those losses. So huge to get that little breathing room against there. <laughs> against them, excuse me. Yeah, that is a uh, yeah, that's a cursory look at at least some of our some of our markets. We're going to do a full online change in a moment where we bring on Devin Hassan, Kendrick Johnson, Brian Murphy, and they will talk volleyball in their neck of the woods. And we will do that after a word from this sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, if you need it painted, ATD Painting has got you covered. At ATD Painting, their goal is to provide a home improvement experience that is a great value, trouble-free, and enjoyable. And painting is really just kind of scratching the surface as to what they, uh, as to what these appointments entail. For ATD Painting's interior projects, things like painting, wall repair, ceiling repair, they'll make sure that your floors and furniture protected and that everything is all cleaned up afterwards. For exterior projects, not only will they do the painting, but they will hand scrape loose paint, reattach loose boards, recalk windows or doors, plus much more. 
Not only that, if you visit their website right now, etdpainting.com, you can find a coupon for $200 off a complete exterior purchase. Um, once again, ATD Painting. They've got four locations in the Metroplex, including in Plano and Louisville. For more information, call 972-694-8888 or visit atdpainting.com. That is ATD Painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, thanks, guys. And now the emergency volleyball podcast continues. <laughs> uh, I'm Brian Murphy with Kendrick Johnson and Devin Hassan here. And now we're going to talk... Our markets, you know, for the Frisco's and the Kings, the Mesquites <laughs> and the Garland ISD, those those areas, a lot happening uh, in volleyball. There are lots of state-ranked teams, lots of uh, drama. Dish, lots of drama here on your in McKinney. Let's talk about that drama. Then. What's going on in McKinney, Kendrick? So, uh, so you want to start off with the, the good, the bad, or the ugly? What's the ugly? Let's do the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, let's the, get that out the of good, the bad, the drama. <laughs> I want to hear the drama first. The, 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 the drama would be McKinney Boyd. One of, they have one of the most talented teams in the state. They'll have about, they got four girls already committed to D1s. They'll probably have four more. Very talented. Shout out to my girl, JJ Castillo, great coach. But they're having a bunch of chemistry issues with her. Got them in the hole, and they're playing that beast of a district that's not 6A. Well, you got some Plano Wests, you got some Allens, you got some Plano's. No, you're you forgetting the defending 5A state champion. 5A state champion, I think they threw three in the state. So yeah, yeah. It's a four. So every game is a dog fight, and um, they start off two and four in district. They beat Plano East, but this week is a beast. They got to play Prosper and they got to play Plano West. Hmm. They must win one of their games. If not, the prospects of them missing the playoffs for the second year in a row go up. Program the schools been open for eleven years. Last year's the first year they missed the playoffs in nine years, and they've never missed back to back years. So that's a ton of pressure on these girls. And they came they, in state ranks and state high ranks. expectations. They all won um, the uh, Lone Star Champions Tournament and all that. So they have the talent to do it, but I don't know if the chemistry is going to go together. It's going to be interesting to see if they can win one of these two games. I think they can find a way to get over that hump, and it make things worse. My other team, McKinney, the other way around. Nobody was picking them. Mm-hmm. And there's seven teams in the district. I think they might have been picked last. Mm-hmm. But now that the dust has settled, McKinney High, the Lionettes, shout out to Eric Hickabotham, who gives my vote for coach of the year. They've like, been ranked as high as six in the state. They were supposed to be six in the old district. That's how Mike's move. Mm-hmm. They have six core senior girls and a bunch of talented juniors who have learned to play together. They feed off each other. And all they do is win the game. You look at them and you're like, oh, they're going to lose to Allen. Sweet. They're going to lose to Plano West. Swept them too. They swept everybody but Prosper, who's running ruckshot on the old district. So that's no, there's no um, shame in losing to them. But everybody else, they have beaten. Yes. And nobody saw this coming. And they came into the season said, we want to shed the label of underdogs. Hats off to y'all ladies. Y'all shed that underdog because they are for real. In fact, they're for real like to the point where they're going to get in the playoffs and I think they're going to make a run. Like They're going to they're gonna catch up with some playoff teams. They're going to be like, man, they just barely got up in here until they get popped in the mouth. <laughs> well, and, and in that same district, um, you mentioned Prosper. Um, I know they had high expectations coming in, coming off the uh, state championship in 5A. Are you surprised, though, how, have they translated that success into 6A this year? I'm not surprised that they're 8-0. That they're I'm surprised that they've only lost two sets total uh, in, through eight games in this district. I saw them play last week against McKinney. You know, McKinney has been red hot. They came in that game with a five-game winning streak. They did take a set off home. No, they swept That's McKinney. McKinney. They swept McKinney. McKinney Who, who's last in to beat them in a set? I think it was Plano. Plano, it was a 3-1 a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, you know, McKinney just can't figure out Prosper. You know, they've lost to them twice. The only team to, to 
they've lost to in that district. Twice. Man, Prosper, there was some question marks, you know, early in the year. They, you know, played some top cohesiveness. Oh, yeah, and they're very well coached. Aaron Kaufman, I think she is, you know, the leading vote-getter for for coach of the year. They're supposed to be in the playoffs. (laughs) But they they, they weren't supposed to be 8-0 and throttling (laughs) Plano West and sweeping Boyd. But here's the thing, though. When you're supposed to be six in your own district, but you're six in the state, that well, was a big Who job. said Prosper was supposed to be six no. in the district? No, he's up at McKinney. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. That's why well, they're not That's why I thought she didn't bother you get my <laughs> Well, we'll see how... Politic already. <laughs> we'll see how they do down the, down the second half of the season against when they rematch West and they rematch Plano and, and Boyd and have that big showdown with, in McKinney with getting Boyd. So, we'll see there. But Prosper, man, they're, they're ranked number four in the state. Um, they're, they may very, they very well run the, table. run the table in this district. Uh, you know, and, and Coach Aaron Kaufman, I talked to her after the game uh, against McKinney. I was like, yeah, a lot of people were picking y'all to, you know, finish third, fourth, you know, maybe even miss the playoffs in this district. And she was just kind of laughing. She was like, man, every year we play 6A teams in non-district. So yeah. the fact that we, you know, played 5A district schedule the past, you know, forever, up until this season, is nothing because they've been playing the Rockwell Heats. They've been playing even the Lovejoys and the so-and-sos, the, all these powerhouse teams all across the state and the South Lake Carrolls and all that. So... I'm not too surprised. I'm, I'm surprised a, how dominant it's been, but I'm not surprised that they're in first place. That's the thing that's crazy with Boyd. Like, they got the talent, have beaten some of those teams. It's like, I don't know. It's like they can't put it together. Mm-hmm. And then in my 5A team, shout out to my, my um, friend Coach Fryer, Christina Fryer, McKinney North, having the playoffs since 2013. They're on the cusp of ending that drought. They came in. They have a bunch of core group of seniors in their thing is finished together. Like they're gonna be finishing in the playoffs. So hats off to them. They're in another beast of a district where they have a head hitter, which is a heavy hitter, which is Lovejoy and everybody else. But they're beating everybody else up for Wiley East, and they're trending towards a playoff berth, which is really big news because McKinney Norris has some problems in the mm-hmm. volleyball department. Now I want to jump back over to 6A before we dive back into the rest of our 5A schools. Another team that's state ranked in 6A. My alma mater, Saxy. How they <laughs> You know, Saxy has been a, a you know they they started their first varsity season was two thousand four. They've never missed the playoffs, so they're right where they expect to be. Uh, this district ten six is actually kind of it's it's not officially a dud deal, but mm-hmm. you know you got Saxy at nine and zero, Violet eight and one, and then Violet named four six and three, and then there's a three game gap to Lakeview three and six. So for all intents and purposes, the playoff field is set. There's still some seeding issues to work mm-hmm. out. Um, but you know, you mentioned Saxy, Saxy. Like I just said, it's been a perennial playoff team, but they're also a team that gets one or two rounds before they're gone. There's a lot of talk around there that this may be the year they break through. Obviously, running into nine six eight in the first round is going to be difficult. But uh, you know, Saxy's thirty four and five. They did beat Prosper early in, in tournament play, so it was best of three. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but they played some some really top notch competition to be walking away with a thirty four and five record is impressive. Uh, they've got great. They've got five or six girls that are outstanding hitters. Kara Barnes, Alicia Hearn, uh, kind of lead that pack. Uh, Elisa Kennedy is an outstanding setter. Uh, Emma Wanniger kind of spearheads their defense, and they've had a couple freshmen that stepped up. Uh, Zoria Hurd and Ava Camacho have become a regular part of the rotation to bolster an already strong lineup. So, you know, this could be the year. Again, it's actually it may be one of those deals where they run into their toughest competition in that first round against one of those, you know, powerhouse teams out of out of 968, but they've also proven they can compete with those teams. They played them in non-district. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you know, Saxy looking strong. They have they dropped one set uh, in district play, and that was one of those where you win the first two 
games pretty easily. Kind of you kind of rotate in, for, you know, and, and, and drop one, and you, you get things back on track in the fourth game. So, um, you know, Rowlett, uh, again, they haven't missed the playoffs since their first season in 1996, so they're going for 22 years in a row. Wow. Um, they have some talent. SS, SS West was the uh, district most valuable player. Uh, Haley Doctor, Fumi Aladipo. Um, you know, again, they, they just sometimes they, they kind of lack. Like, like I saw them against Garland last week, and they just came out kind of sloppy, kind of slow, mm-hmm. and then got things together. So they're, but it's going to take. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're probably going to get matched up with Prosper, or you know, get matched up with playing a West, and it's going to take their A game and a lot more mm-hmm. for them to be able to, to mm-hmm. do something else, like to, to get past that come on, a team of that caliber. Hey, I said that name, Haley. What? Haley Doctor. Oh, you said Faludo. Oh, Fumi. Funny. <laughs> now, now staying in staying in six A. What, what's what's going on with the your the Mesquite schools in, in the six A? Uh, it's they, they that district is ruled by the Rockwall schools. Um, it was Heath. last year Heath Rockwall Heath and Rockwall. Heath is undefeated in that district. Uh, they right? are. Yeah. They are. They're eight and zero. Rockwall's right behind them at seven and one. Um, last year, last year these two teams tied. Uh, for mm-hmm. the district title this year, Rockwell Heath swept them. Uh, they haven't dropped a set in, during district play. They're, I, they're, I actually saw Heath play against Wakeland earlier this year in, in uh, non-district play, and Wakeland beat them. Yeah, at yeah. home. So, but Rockwell yeah. Heath is really good. Yeah, they're both solid, and you've got you got to have a three-team battle there in the middle. Uh, Horns four and four, Tyler Lee's four and four, Longview's three and four. Uh, what Horn has uh, going in their favor, uh, two things. Number one, they don't have to play the Rockwall schools anymore. They've already gotten them. They played them twice. That's mm-hmm. where their four losses came from. And they beat Tyler Lee and Longview in Longview during the first round of district play, um, albeit in close games. It took, Lee took them to five and Longview took them to four. But mm-hmm. Horn you know, controls its own destiny as they look to get back uh, to the playoffs. Mesquite and North Mesquite are kind of relegated to the, to the role of spoiler. Uh, North Mesquite was able to take a game off Longview last Friday. Uh, but, you know, really the only drama is can Rockwall pull the upset of Heath in their rematch and how that, you know, three teams fighting for the final two playoff berths. Uh, I think if you just go by what happened in the first half, you're looking at Horn as your third seed and uh, Tyler Lee as your fourth seed. Now, I brought up Wakeland. You know, that kind of transitions over to one of the more unique districts that we cover, <laughs> uh, that I cover really, because there's 10 Frisco teams in one district. This is crazy. Uh, it is wild. They started district play in mid-August. Yeah. <laughs> y- y'all, are, y'all are doing tournaments, and you know, volleyball's not, you know, we're not gearing totally into volleyball yet. We're doing football previews, and I'm over here having to cover district games already that, that are meaningful in the playoff picture. Um, that district is, it's shaping out, for the most part, it's Fairly top-heavy. There's some teams in the middle like Frisco and Centennial that could be battling with Lebanon Trail for that fourth spot. But the top three are pretty solidified. You have Liberty, Reedy, and Wakeland. The top, those top two are state-ranked. Wakeland was state-ranked uh, in the top five for the first few weeks of the year. But they've lost a couple games to Liberty and Reedy. I think Wakeland should still be state-ranked. Uh, a lot of the times I don't agree with those rankings. I don't know how they determine those. But, you know, Liberty led by Jenna Winnes. She's one of the top outside hitters in the state. She's only a junior. She won district MVP last year, and she's on a tear once again uh, so far this season. Reedy, you know, they lose two of their best players, and Ashley Rasnick Pope and, and Stephanie Wolf, uh, or Rachel Wolf, I should say, and they're right back in the thick of things. Great senior class. You know, Wakeland, they appear to be back to the, Wake, the Wakeland team from a few years ago. Uh, but we'll see how that shapes out with, you know, still lots of work games to be played. Yeah, yeah. 18 uh, district games in this one. It's, <laughs> it's wild. So five, five more games uh, to go there. You mentioned McKinney North. Uh, already for 5A. But before, before you move on, literally, I was talking about all these D1ers that that boy got 
congrats to Celeste Darden. And she just announced on Twitter that she's committed to the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Okay. So that's the type of talent that they breaking, got. Breaking news. Breaking news on the Emergency <laughs> Volleyball Podcast. That's the type of talent that they got. Yeah. They have a uh, McKenna Kelty going to the Army. Um, uh, Coco, she's going to UT Coco, San Antonio. <laughs> uh, Courtney, she's no, going to UT San Antonio. So they got the talent sure, to do it. Sure. Yeah. Let's switch the gears to 5A. The McKinney's North volleyball teams, uh, basically equivalent of the, putting a basketball now, this is basketball start next week, the equivalent of the Memphis Grizzlies. They be gritting and grinding to make things happen. They don't got nobody that's flashy. They don't got the superstar. They just play good. They grit. They fight to the last point. And that's been a very efficient way for them to get wins. They went from, like, they at one time they were five games, five or six games under 500 to now they're a game over 500. They won nine of their last uh, 11 matches. Only lost was to Lovejoy, who's going to run away with that. Number two in the state. Number two in the state. And they lost a close uh, match to Wiley East to the point where they're looking forward to seeing them back next mm-hmm. week in um, North. So the things are looking up for McKinney North. But the big thing of them is getting in the playoffs. They came to the last week and got beat by Lodell last year in a winner-take-all game. So that's been on these girls' minds. So for them, to, a lot of them, like I think 60% of the team are seniors, to get in the playoffs would be a big thing for them and a big step for that program. 2013 is a long team. Were you in school then? No. I'm not that young. I'm not that much of a baby, Kendrick. But, yeah, so sticking, rounding out 5A action, you know, the Poteets and whatnot over there. What's going on with, with, with that district in, in 5A? Yeah, real quickly, it's kind of a three-team race uh, right now. You have North Forney, um, and Forney tied at 6-1. and Poteet right behind them at 6-2. and uh, Those three teams have distanced themselves from the field. So easily the best um, uh, Mesquite team in 5A? Yes. Yeah, yeah. West Mesquite is, is in a down cycle. It's just been it's been tough sledding for them in, in volleyball here in recent years. Um, but Poteet, you know, they had a streak of twenty consecutive playoff appearances that was snapped a few years ago, and they've missed out uh, the last four years. And it's always been they finished fifth, mm-hmm. one game out, two games out. It's it's been and they, they t- played in a much diff, uh, tougher district because they had Lovejoy and they had Wiley East and they had some of these you know uh, stronger programs. Uh, but they're they're not. In yet, but they're in great shape. Their only two losses both came to North Forney. They did beat Forney, handed Forney their only uh, mm-hmm. loss. So you know those top three spots are going to be determined on how on the, their future head-to-head matchups. Uh, and I think Petite, you know, they may be able to put together a nice little run. Tania Brown, Ryan Shanklin, they have you know two you know very dependable options uh, hitting the ball. They got they have some nice role players that kind of step in. And, and again, it's just, it's a big confidence booster because it's such a frustrating feeling getting so close sure. and, and falling short. And now to put themselves in a position. Uh, um, to where they can make the playoffs, uh, just for posterity's sake, Kaufman is probably going to get that fourth spot. They're four and four. They picked up a big win uh, the other night, um, but you know, focusing on Poteet, uh, there's no reason that to believe that they can't. Now, now that, that losing a tiebreaker North Forney could factor in, mm-hmm. but um, you know, North Forney almost slipped up against Kaufman. They got stretched to five. So there's no reason to be, believe that Poteet's uh, dream of a, of a district championship isn't still a, a viable, you know, option. And uh, but the most important thing is making the playoffs. Like say, after a four-year drought for a program that's enjoyed as much success as Poteet has had over the years, um, the Pirates are, are right in line to get back. Let's see if the Lady Pirates can, can get it done. Yeah, well, only time will tell. But that'll just about wrap up the uh, emergency volleyball podcast here on the High School Sports <laughs> Podcast Show for Kendrick Johnson, Devin Hassan, I'm Brian Murphy. We'll catch you later this week on our Game of the Week uh, podcast. So stay tuned for that. 
Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.